It's Veterans Day, and in this episode, we honor all our veterans for their service in the armed forces all over the world. And my YAS of the week this week goes to a German transgender lieutenant colonel by the name of Anastasia Biefung and how she's changing what it means to be a transgender woman in the armed forces. I also answer the question of the month for the month of October, which was, what is your style? Giving you some cross-yas listener responses, and then I propose a new question of the month for the month of November. Sierra also shines some light on some other transgender legislators, who you may not have heard of in this week's Sierra Says. And finally, the return of Kirsten's Corner, with Kirsten giving you her take on cancel culture. This is episode 71 of the Cross Yas podcast. Got lots of stuff to cover, so shall we get it started? Yas! Yas, yas, yas. Yas, 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 yas. Cross Yes podcast. Which is Elm here, so. Yas! Yas! Yas, 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 yas. Yas, yas, yas. Welcome to the Cross Yas podcast. The podcast that says yas to everything related to cross-dressing, sexuality, and gender. My name is Giselle Mirasol, and I'm your cross-dressing host, transgender advocate, and proud American citizen. If you're looking for more information about the podcast and behind-the-scenes stuff, check out our website, www.crossyaspodcast.com. And if you like what you hear on the podcast and you want to support us and get some sweet bonus content, we have a Patreon where you can chip in to help us. It's patreon.com slash crossyas. That's patreon.com backslash C-R-O-S-S-Y-A-A-S. And finally, if you have something you want to share, be it cross-dressing, sexuality, or gender-related, and you're aching to tell someone because it's building up inside of you, and you're about to blow, and you're wondering to yourself, hmm, should I share my story with someone? Well, you know me, and you know the podcast. The answer to your question is aloud. Frickin' yes! Email me, Giselle, at crossyaspodcast.com, tweet me at crossyas on Twitter, or DM me on Instagram at crossyaspodcast. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Happy Veterans Day, everyone. Thank you to all of those who serve or have served in our military and armed forces here in the USA and all around the world. It takes a special person to be in the armed forces, so if you're in it or you have served previously, thank you for all you've done. Seriously, thank you for your service. And I thank you. It's a great week here to be an American in the United States. The 2020 presidential election's over, presumably, and with the 2020 election over, we have better representation from our political leaders, with more people of color being elected, there's more women going to Congress, and now we have even more LGBTQ representation. Yes, yes, yes. Lastly, and maybe even more importantly, we have a new president and vice president, which when was finally announced four days later after the election date, the world celebrated. Although we try not to get political here on the podcast, it's kind of hard not to be elated. Just, you know, knowing we won't have to deal with former President Donald Trump any longer. I mean, that man constantly leaving his imprint on everything and claiming everything that doesn't go his way is because something or someone is against him. God. What's wrong with you? What is wrong with you? God, it's just good to have him out of here. Like, for example, in this election, he claims there's fraud with the election as to why he lost, which, again, by the way, he has no proof. And while I'm recording this on Tuesday, November 10th, and, you know, this episode will be released on November 11th, I'm pretty sure President Donald Trump still hasn't conceded and congratulated the new president-elect, Joe Biden. So, hey, Donald Trump. Hey, uh, former President Donald Trump. Um, What the hell are you waiting for? (sighs) Seriously, dude. You lost. It's over. You're done. Get out of here, man. It's over. And again, I won't get all politically divisive, because I don't have to, as Sierra and I discussed enough of the presidential election last Wednesday in our post-election chat in episode 70. But Donald Trump is gone, and whether you like it or not, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. will be the 46th United States president. And after his win, Joe Biden's acceptance speech this past Saturday included the word transgender, which is the first acceptance speech from any president to include the word transgender suggesting, hey, you know what, transgender people must be important figures to recognize moving forward. And also, there's even more transgender candidates, not just like Sarah McBride, the senator from Biden's home state of Delaware, 
but also other transgender candidates who won in many congressional races throughout the United States, which is a positive sign that, hmm, this is possibly a bright spot for the future of the LGBTQ community. Sierra will go more into that in this week's Sierra Says, so stay tuned for that. But yeah, the world looks positive with Joe Biden and Kamala Harris in the White House. Again, this is assuming Trump leaves, so please, Donald Trump, save your dignity, man. And I'm sorry, Donald, but just leave. But this week's episode is a good one, and it's Veterans Day, so let's kick it off with an old favorite segment that I call my Yas of the Week. As you remember, my Yas of the Week is where I celebrate or honor something important that's happened this week, or at least something that I stumbled upon in the week that I find worthy enough to talk about on the podcast. And with all the hoopla regarding the 2020 United States presidential election, people might have forgotten the importance of Veterans Day, where again, we honor our veterans in our armed forces. And yes, it is a holiday we celebrate here in America, but the Cross Yas podcast has listeners from all around the world. And last week, I received an eye-opening email from Sabrina, a member in the German Armed Forces. Here's what Sabrina wrote to me. Greetings from Germany. I just found something on Twitter which might be worthy for a Yas of the week. But to start this the right way, let me introduce myself first. I am a 36-year-old pansexual, gender-fluid German officer who is slowly starting to come to terms with not being cisgender. I discovered your podcast a few months ago and listened to at least three episodes a week, but still I'm only at episode 45. I must say that I love your work. It's been a great inspiration for me. But to the point I wanted to relay to you. In the German armed forces, we have a transgender lieutenant colonel by the name of Anastasia Bifung, who commanded a battalion. Not a combat one, but for the German armed forces, this is like a huge step. She had been in command for three years, and I'm sending you a link where you will find how her battalion honored her when the command was transferred to her successor. I really love the truck with the unicorn design. We have still so much hate in the armed forces towards women and everything that is not hetero and or cisgender normative. I struggle with this on a regular basis. Every time when a comrade sees it fit to hate on any of those, well, that's toxic masculinity at its best. I do argue with them every time, but I am not out of the closet. Not with my sexuality, and definitely not about not being cisgender. But it's getting harder to keep it all bottled up. Anyway, I am talking about me again, back to the lieutenant colonel. Anastasia publicly came out as transgender in a documentary, Ich bin Anastasia or in English, I am Anastasia, which was shown on German television a few years ago, showing her transition and also her taking command of the battalion. Ever since that release, a lot of people and soldiers hate on her for giving a quote-unquote wrong impression of the armed forces, making the forces show weak and for promoting such not masculine features. She's also the head of the organization which is representing the rights of the queer people in the German armed forces. I already thought about contacting you prior to this because as I already said, it's getting difficult for me to keep it all in. But I also don't know where this road I am traveling is heading. Greetings, Sabrina. Thank you so much, Sabrina, for that email, which helped me learn a lot more about Anastasia Bifeng. Bifeng, Bifeng, probably fuck it up. Anyways. So yes, Sabrina, I did click on the link, and to my surprise, it was written all in German, but luckily, thanks to Google Translate, I was able to read it in English. The article that was featured on the link uh, was written by Michael Lietz and Larissa Mass. Mass? Larissa Mass. And the title of the article is Transsexual Commander Leaves Storkow. Storko? Storkow? Look, I and many others will have issues with the word transsexual, but that's probably a Google Translate issue, so let's just go with Transgender Commander Leaves Storkow. Again, we're trying to move away from the word transsexual because, you know, as the word sex in this sense means is merely just what you presented as during birth, and gender is how you present yourself to the world. But I digress, and here's the article translated into English. To say goodbye to Anastasia Bifeng, her 700 soldiers in Storkow converted an emergency vehicle into a unicorn, the mascot of their commander during an assignment abroad in Afghanistan. The 46-year-old was accordingly touched on Tuesday. She was leaving Storkow with a quote-unquote crying heart. In 26 years of service, she has never experienced such a strong bond as in Storkow. During a festive closing roll call, including a change of military command, Anastasia Bifeng handed over the leadership after three years as a Bunswer commander. 
She was the first woman in Germany to hold this post. Bifeng joined the Bundeswehr as a man. Again, Bundeswehr here is, when I looked it up, is the Unified Armed Forces of Germany and their civil administration and procurement authorities. Anyways, the article goes on and says, Since Bifeng, as she says herself, felt more and more like a woman, she decided to have sexual reassignment surgery a few years ago. To her own astonishment, as she says, this did not result in a loss of career in the Bundeswehr. Immediately after her gender reassignment to a woman, she took over the Information Technology Battalion in Storkow. She said she would like to leave a suitcase in Storkow and keep her second home there. She experienced the cooperation with the troops and the region as very supportive and said Bifang in an interview with RBB in August. It was a very great privilege to lead the troop. In 2019, the documentary Ich bin Anastasia addressed her personal process of change and also how the battalion dealt with the change. Bifeng is also committed to the interest of the transgender people in the Bundeswehr. For years, she has been calling for diversity management for the troops. Bifeng's commitment has also made an impression in the region. For example, she supported the Les Bichuel tour through East Brandenburg in August. The Bundeswehr Information Technology Battalion 381 in the Storkow Kumark Barracks currently has around 700 soldiers who set up mobile data connections for the Bundeswehr operations and exercises at home and abroad. And that was the end of the article. And um, they talk about this documentary, which I still have yet to watch because it seems like it's, I don't know, it's pretty popular because Sabrina talks about it and I've read about it as well. But um, I've just been looking up more information about Anastasia Bifeng, but it's kind of hard to do more research on her because a lot of the articles online are all in German. And again, I don't understand or read German and a lot of the articles aren't Google translatable. But I did happen to find a clip on YouTube where the Washington Post here in America did a short interview with Anastasia Bifung where she was asked about Donald Trump and his ban on transgender troops way back in 2017. Here's some excerpts. Meet Anastasia Bifang, a transgender servicewoman who spent more than 20 years in the German military as a man and is now one of President Trump's most outspoken critics in her field. Last year, the US Department of Defense decided to lift its long-standing ban on transgender men and women serving openly in the military. Because our mission, which is defending the country, has to come first. This July, President Trump reversed that decision in several tweets. As you know, it's been a very complicated issue for the military. It's been a very confusing issue for the military. And I think I'm doing the military a great favor. I was really disappointed while reading it because it was my actual uh, belief and impression that the United States Armed Forces are actually a very progressive stance on incorporating transgender into the armed forces. And, you know, turning that around like that with a few you know, letters in a tweet that really surprised me, and I think it was a major setback. And this one. Bifang recently became Germany's first transgender military commander in charge of over 700 servicemen and women on a base in Storkow in eastern Germany. For Bifang, the path to being Germany's first transgender commander was long. Almost 20 years of service in the armed forces, in the German armed forces, to realize that at a point in 2015, when I came out as transsexual, I was at a point personally where I felt, I don't think that unhappy is, is actually a qualified word enough to describe my emotional state of mind at that time. Um, but I was at a point where I felt I can no longer go down this male route in my life. I want to change. I want to say who I am in terms of my gender identity. And I didn't care what would happen to me in terms of my um, professional way ahead in the armed forces. Now, a lot of things to unfold here, but let's start with that ban on transgender troops. Now, Donald Trump faced a lot of criticism and litigation for his 2017 plan to ban transgender troops. And uh, I still think he's facing more litigation. Um, and I think there was this talk about repealing the ban on transgender troops. But... On April 12, 2019, the Supreme Court, through a 5-4 to four vote, voted to not repeal the ban. Therefore, as it stands now, Donald Trump's ban prohibits transgender troops and new military recruits from transitioning to another sex and will also likely allow the military to discharge transgender people in need of hormone treatment or surgery. So, yeah. This is fucked. This is not right. This is not cool. This is fucking bullshit. This is fucking bullshit. So, yeah. 
I mean, with Trump out of office soon, if he ever leaves, uh, maybe things will change with this new administration, or I don't know, maybe they won't. But regardless, let's just point out how detrimental Donald Trump and his administration has been towards the LGBTQ community, and especially with this transgender troop ban or transgender ban in the troops uh, and its lasting ramifications against the transgender community. Yes, you can argue a lot of things were already bad before Donald Trump got into office, but you can also argue Donald Trump and his administration didn't make a lot of things better. Because let's be real, he made a lot of things worse, especially towards the transgender community. Now, Trump heard a lot of progress that was made by the previous administration, and I mean, geez, we will be talking about the effects for a while. And so it's quite astonishing to hear other parts of the world, like Germany, just being so accepting of transgender individuals when, you know, here in the United States, we're supposed to be this so-called leader and putting an emphasis on understanding different ideas and valuing people's freedoms. But I don't know, by doing this transgender troop ban, and it's like, are we really free? Like, is the United States slogan supposed to be the land of the free? Well, I guess, yeah, but I guess that doesn't apply to people who are transgender. So that's why, I don't know, just this whole thing is, it's so refreshing. And it's like a refreshing feeling to hear that people like Anastasia Bifung exist. And other countries like Germany can openly be themselves as transgender human beings and shoot, even earn higher ranks and be respected. Like, respected enough by countries or respected enough by your own government to be put into roles where you know you can show that your gender has nothing to do with how you carry yourself or shoot like how you can even thrive given you know the right opportunities and for the united states you know we have such a huge military presence throughout the world it's a shame really and i'd even argue a disgrace that we can't allow our transgender military members to be who they truly want to be <sighs> like veterans day is supposed like today right Today is Veterans Day, and it's supposed to honor those who are willing to sacrifice and fight for our freedoms. Like, we have this holiday that's supposed to thank these wonderful people for protecting us against those that want to take those freedoms away. And yet, here's Donald Trump and Donald Trump's administration, which again, is an American administration, mind you, that wants to destroy us from the inside and says, really, fuck your freedoms, fuck your individuality, and fuck what makes you unique. Ah... <sighs> Does it make sense to me? And again, that's why I'm happy to have Trump and his administration out of this office. And for those transgenders, for Trump supporters, I mean, really, who are you really fooling? You're just, I mean, truly, you were just fooling yourselves. But I do have a lot of hope, though, that with the Biden and Kamala Harris administration, we have a new set of ideas in the White House. And shoot, come January, potentially the Senate. And I don't know, that hopefully they can all figure this out, make things right, and fix all the wrongs that we've done. But I digress again, and I want to get back to Anastasia Bifung for being a pioneer of sorts in Germany and the world, showcasing what it really means to be a leader as a transgender person. I hope people look up to Anastasia and appreciate what she's doing, because it should be recognized. She's a badass that's getting shit done, even if she is leaving her position as a leader. And yes, maybe this podcast, I don't know, It's just like a tiny token of appreciation towards people like her, but hey, whatever. She's a badass and she deserves some recognition. Anastasia Bifung, you know, well, she gets my yas of the week for being allowed to not only be a leader of a troop of 700, but just also be vocal about her ideas. We need more people like her to speak up for transgender people and people in the LGBTQ community, and we need policies in place to allow people like Anastasia Bifung to exist. So yas, girl, Anastasia Bifung, you're my yas of the weekend, and I really do hope people can follow your lead. And that was the... Yes! ...of the week. As for the rest of this episode, I give you some responses I received to the question of the month for the month of October, as well as my answer, and a new question for the month of November. Sierra also gives you some information about other transgender legislators you probably didn't hear about. And finally, Kirsten is back with the Kirsten's Corner on cancel culture. This is yet another fun episode, and if you have feedback, don't hesitate to contact me, Giselle at CrossYasPodcast.com, or tweet me at CrossYas, or DM me on Instagram at CrossYasPodcast. 
But it's episode 71, so happy listening, everyone. Thanks. And now it's time for me to answer the question of the month. So the question of the month for the month of October got a lot of responses. Let's start with Noel. Now, Noel is a beautiful and wonderful human being who informed me and the podcast about Fat Mike from NoFX, which I did an episode back on episode 66, and Noel said she really enjoyed the Fat Mike episode. She also really liked the name Noel as she was uncertain of what kind of name best fit her. But here's her email that she responded with after the release of episode 66. She said this, Dude, nailed it. Thank you. You totally did the topic justice. I was super stoked to hear it, and I hope others might hear it and go, hmm, that's super neat. Noel, by the way, perfect. I never had thought of a name for myself for the times that I get dressed up. A few times I braved a walk or drive around the block and hadn't thought of a name then either. Would have been funny if someone asked. The only other name I considered was stolen from my spirit character, Kinsey, from the TV show Lost Girl, because if I could bite anyone's style, it would be hers. 100%. Kinsey or Noel? It's a toss-up. Anyways, there's the answer to the question of the month. A little punk, a little lacy, hair usually with some wild colors in it, usually with a plaid skirt and a spaghetti strap lace tank top, probably with fishnets and a pair of chucks or creepers. While I used to rock the super high heels early on, I quickly learned why ladies don't often wear them. I go for flats these days. Thank you, Noelle, for that wonderful response, and I'm so glad that I did the topic of Fat Mike justice. I really enjoyed deep diving into the topic of Fat Mike as I learned a lot about the guy and his cross-dressing life. And if you, the Cross Yas listener, has a topic you think would be great for me to cover as a Yas of the week, or really, anything really, please let me know. Giselle at CrossYasPodcast.com or DM me on Instagram at CrossYasPodcast. Next up to answer on what her style is would be the gorgeous and ever so resilient Chrissy Mono. Chrissy Mono, if you remember, was our Carrie Yas conversation guest in episodes 61 and 64, and if you haven't heard those episodes yet, well, stop right now and go listen to them. That girl has been through a lot, and you'll see why I call her resilient. That girl has been through everything, and to honor her, well, let's get her answer to the question of the month. She responded with this. For the question of the month, my current style is sexy and girly. Anything that's super femme is my kind of thing, but recently my style I'm so into is the pinup rockabilly style, which I'm so in love with, but that style is kind of expensive, so I'm trying to save up right now. I do have two or three pinup style dresses, but I feel I need so much more. Thank you, Chrissy, again for that lovely response. Again, Chrissy is that gorgeous crossdresser, currently living her best life as a crossdresser in Israel, and you can find more about her on Instagram, chrissy.mono, and again, check out episodes 61 and 64 for a more in-depth look on her life, if you haven't already. Next up, we've got Steph Fredericks, a longtime listener to the podcast who had this response to the question of the month. The answer to your style question for me is classy. Casual and vintage as much as possible. Still building the vintage side of the wardrobe, and I love polka dots. Great job on your podcast, by the way. Love listening. Well, yay, Steph. So happy to have you as a listener, because I wouldn't be here without the lovely cross yas listener like yourself. You can find more about Steph on her Instagram, Steph Dresses Up, Steph underscore dresses underscore up. And she's also on YouTube under Steph Fredericks. Next, we've got Tanya May, who I've really chatted up the past couple weeks on Instagram. Her and I have just chatted about a lot, and you too can chat me up by DMing me on Instagram at podcast. So come on, hit me up. But here's her response to the question of the month on what is her style. She says, I feel like I relate a lot to you. In the early days, it was, quote, the shorter and skimpier, the better, end quote, and the highest heels possible, LOL. But now I've gotten more, hmm, not conservative, but maybe you could say more realistic. Stuff cisgendered women would actually wear. I love office wear, pencil skirts and blouses. Now, many of my dresses and skirts are closer to my knees than my ass. I've had to learn how to put together outfits with pants too, lol. I love the pumpkin spice basic bitch leggings and boots with a long sweater look, like in my last post. I love the festival chick bralette and shorts that I put together the other day too. 
Never thought I could pull off crop tops, but somehow I feel like I did. I love active wear too. Leggings and racerback tank tops are a fave of mine. I guess with all this rambling, I haven't given you a style at all, lol. I love anything feminine that, like you said, is comfy and cute. Is that a style? lol. Well, Tanya, yes, that's a style, and yas, girl, I love when people ramble. So thank you, Tanya, for that amazing response. Another beautiful and lovely cross yas listener who responds to the question of the month is actually this week's curious conversation guest, and her name is Veronica. She's a Patreon patron as well, patreon.com slash cross yas. So if you're looking to support the podcast, check that out. Again, patreon.com backslash C-R-O-S-S-Y-A-A-S. Well, Veronica responded with this. I couldn't figure out a good way to describe my style, so I took a quiz, and I totally agree with the results. Not to be mistaken with girly, the modern feminine knows how to make florals cool and embraces a palette of pinks, metallics, and prints to create a soft yet contemporary look that's just risque enough to make the mother-in-law blush. You love everything about dressing up and planning your wardrobe. You love to experiment with new skincare and body care products. Never go without your perfume. I also love everything about the 1950s style from the kitchen to the night out to the boudoir. Thank you, Veronica. You'll hear more from her this Saturday, November 14th, in the first part of my Curious Conversations with Veronica. Another response for the question of the month comes from Joy, another loyal cross-yas listener and also a Patreon patron. This is Joy's response to the question of the month. It's sort of hard to define my style since I'm still pretty new to cross-dressing regularly, but I would say it's a mix of streetwear and artsy style. Leggings, black jeans, crop tops, crop hoodies, and sweaters that are big and flowy. I used to lean more towards pastels like light blue fuzzy hoodies, baby pink sweaters, etc. But I also enjoy darker colors like dark blue, purple, and black. I've also been experimenting with magnetic gauge and stud earrings of various colors to complete the look. Overall though, I just like wearing comfortable clothes that have a bit of a cute flair to them. Being an art college student, it's very easy to throw on something comfy to work on my projects. Even better if it expresses my feminine self just a bit. Yas, Joy, thank you so much for that awesome answer. Here's a couple more responses. We've got FCAT from episode 22 and 37 saying her style is Trash Panda. She's alluded to it in episode 22 and 37 as she loves making all sorts of fashion styles by raiding Goodwill and thrift stores and just making it her own style, which is, as she says, motherfucking Trash Panda. You can find FCAT on Instagram under CatFem. We've also got Miriam, another cross Yas listener who says her style is like mine, a hoe bag, as she too enjoys dressing like a slut, which I guess leaves the last person to answer being me, which like Miriam, well, I'm a hoe bag, because well, I love short mini dresses, club-like dresses, and I just love showing skin. I love just having my body free and wearing stuff to make myself, I don't know, kind of slutty, and that allows, I don't know, people to be just... And this sounds, this may sound stupid, but jealous that I guess I have enough confidence to wear clothes like that. Like these clothes are so flashy and ridiculous. It's kind of like almost borderline and unnecessary. Like the stereotypical hooker boots and heels were sort of my thing before, but uh, I don't know. That's somewhat changing. Cause you know, I can't dress like that anymore. Cause well, I used to dress like that when I went to clubs and stuff and meet others, but that's all out the window with COVID. And I know, I know, I've talked about COVID wreaking havoc on my ability to show my body outside and shoot, last week was supposed to be my bachelorette party and ugh, I know, so COVID ruined that, but I plan next year to have my bikini body ready for, I don't know, maybe next summer where, uh, where hopefully I can postpone my bachelorette party then, but I don't know, now getting older too, uh, I'm altering my style a bit more and learning to not be so slutty because, well, seriously, I, I don't need to do that anymore. I'm getting older, and as Kirsten says, I kind of need to dress my age. But but anyways, that's all for the question of the month of October, and thank you for everyone who responded. Really just delightful answers all around. As for the month of November, here's my new question of the month. Here in the United States, you know we celebrate this kind of weird holiday in November known as Thanksgiving, where, I don't know, to be honest, I don't know why we celebrate it, but hey, we get a four-day weekend, we get to watch football and parades, and we eat turkey. But here's my question of the month for the month of November, and it's an easy one and potentially a wholesome one. And the question is, what are you thankful for and why? 
Simple and easy, don't you think? And you might think it's a cop-out, but fuck you, it's not. (laughs) What are you, because I really want to get to, you know, you. I want to learn about you. What are you thankful for? What are you, the Cross Yas listener, thankful for? And tell me why. It's been a rough year for a lot of us, and, you know, think about it. COVID-19 has done so much damage. And shoot, if you're resilient like Chrissy Mono or anyone who's freaking survived this year, shoot, you've got to be thankful for something, right? You can talk about anything, really. You can talk about your shoes you just bought because they were cheap, or maybe you're thankful that you got into a relationship because it allowed you to get out of a bad one. Or I don't know, maybe you're thankful for a new job you landed because, well, it allowed you to buy you those new cute shoes. Or, hell, you can get nasty with it. You can tell me you're thankful for that dildo you just purchased because it has allowed you to, I don't know, explore yourself. Huh? Huh? Oh, that's nasty. Any of those are acceptable answers, but just answer the question, what are you thankful for and why? Send me your responses by emailing me, Giselle, at crossyaspodcast.com. Tweet me at crossyas or DM me on Instagram at crossyaspodcast. I'll answer that question with your responses and give you my response at the beginning of next month in December, and I look forward to hearing your responses. Thanks, everybody. And now it's time for Kirsten's Corner. (laughs) All right. In this week's Kirsten's Corner. Kirsten's Corner. Yikes. Uh, (laughs) Let's talk. I don't know if you want to talk about a cancel culture. You want to talk about cancel culture? Did we do this yet? No, we've never talked about that. What is cancel culture? And how do you feel about it? Guys, I have mixed reviews on cancel culture. What does it mean? What's cancel culture? Okay, hold culture? on. Cancel culture. Uh, I'm trying to think of R. Kelly. Oh, yeah. No, see, but that's a tough one. I mean, that's more <laughs> than canceled. Like, that guy should be eliminated. Yeesh. Um. Like, um, you know, Nick Cannon is canceled, right? No. Nah, okay, so then this is my this or, is my um, thing about cancel culture. Or, um, so cancel Louis culture C. as a as a yeah. So a celebrity or person says something, does something that's uh, unacceptable in the eyes of society, whatever it be, you know. Uh, like what? And then, uh, well, because it depends on who's canceling, you know. Sure, like yeah. if Fox News is canceling someone, then maybe that's someone we should celebrate. You know what I mean? It just really depends. Right, so right, right. it doesn't matter, like. An, a person and or entity can cancel a person and or entity. You know what I mean? Yeah. A person, place, or thing, you know? Yeah. Um, but it just means that they've done something that is deemed incorrect or not acceptable, and they are canceled. Um, I feel like, I don't know how long this has been a thing. You know, forgive me for not doing my research because I didn't know I that know. we were talking about this. So maybe Giselle can provide I'll some more cancel facts. But... Um, I think I I think at first I was like totally for it. Um, With who? Just in general, like yeah, that person's canceled, you know. Because we say I say it a lot, just cancel them, you know. But I think sure as like a temporary cancel. But I think the more I think about it is that like when you, I, I've heard a lot of discussions about this is if you like okay wait. A person who's canceled for show is fucking J.K. Rowling. That bitch is canceled. Ooh, yikes. That yes. bitch is canceled. You know what I mean? Yikes. Like, but, but, so I think okay. the thing with canceling uh-huh, is uh-huh. that a person is canceled until, just like you cancel a subscription to something, you can restart it or reconnect it. I think mm, okay. a, a, a person should take canceling as a signal or a way for them to improve and to apologize and to make amends. Um, if you guys don't listen to Higher Learning on the Ringer Podcast Network, mm-hmm. um, they talk a little bit about cancel culture. I mean, a lot of people talk about cancel culture, but like a, a person, if they're canceled, they, they have the opportunity to respond to that. And mm-hmm. I think a person can become uncanceled or, you know, have that removed if they make the appropriate, you know, amends or make apologies or or learning. I think that that's what's necessary is that if you're canceled, you you should I think people should have the opportunity to come back. OK, so like a reason why I say uh-huh. I say that uh, J.K. Rowling is canceled is because she 
that's truly what she believes. She believes that that trans women aren't women, uh-huh. you know, and that's that's her belief. And she has not changed that. No. You know, mm-hmm. so she will stay canceled until she corrects herself. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that's the point, though. Like, so you can cancel people multiple times like they yeah. can like. Oh, well, I think so. Like, I think people can become uncanceled, just like my subscription to whatever, uh-huh. you know, um, if like I'll cancel my my Netflix because I don't want it. Oh, yeah. Least, but what if in the in the future I want it back? You know, like, like they were canceling Netflix for that kid thing. Yes. Or whatever. Well, there's some things that so there's like some things that people want to cancel but can't, you know, like Amazon. Yeah, there's you no know, way. Yeah. You know, um, Apple. I guess it also just depends on when, especially when it's like an entity or like a business. Yeah. It depends on how how deep you go, right, like how right. much you want it, and how mm-hmm. you know, like Chick Fil A, Starbucks, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. um, how good, how moral are you, and how do you feel about where you stand on things? Like that's a whole different conversation. But I think I am for cancel culture in the way that it lets people know that they're doing something that is not right but i think that people should be able to come back from that when it's like celebrities i don't think we should like do you know the term dox what is when that? you dox someone i have to look up what it means because i think i i 100 do not agree with that okay maybe not 99 percent. let me let me urban dictionary is D-O-X-X? Is that Just dox? dox meaning. Um, dox means to uh, search. D-O-X-X? So when you... D-O-X. Oh. Um, so it's like cyberbullying. It's called doxing. D-O-X-X-I-N-G. Um, uh-huh. urban, let me urban dictionary so I can get the slang for it for sure. So is when you, someone's personal address... Or personal information is leaked onto the internet by a hacker, usually includes address, phone number, and place of work. Um, so, like, they call that doxing. So, like, there's there's an account on Twitter. Um, it's oh fuck, what's her name? She's like, she's she's an actress. She's like a young actress, but she she like at like the height of like the um the most recent blacks Black Lives Matter thing. I don't know what her name is. I wish I could she remember famous? it. She's famous. She's an she's an actress, but I mean not famous, famous, but you know, she she would dox people. Like people would write racist shit. Like anytime, like someone would write some like racist shit or like you know whatever, they would send it to her, and she would like find their information and oh, release Jesus. it. You know, I don't I don't necessarily extreme no. Isn't that a little extreme? It is. It is extreme. But it, it, it's like you should read some of the shit people say. You know what I mean? Like, I don't I say I, I definitely mm. don't condone doxing. I feel like that's dangerous. Okay. You know, that just seems, um, yeah. like it, I think canceling like a, a person in their youth is tough. But I think uh, yeah. with I think to cancel someone. Sure. But, you know, what is what are the the definition of it's, it's really convoluted, you know, but I think doxing someone's really shitty. Like, I don't I don't I also like you were talking about. I don't know if I agree with going into people's pasts and yeah. saying like, oh, remember in 1993 when you were six and you said, yeah, 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 word yeah. and you're like, yeah, what? like um, if you guys watch The Politician um, uh-huh, with it's a Ryan Murphy show starring. Um, why can't I remember my favorite guy? Evan Hansen. Mm. What is his name? Help me, babe. Babe, help me. Just say it. I'm going to cancel you. Platt. Oh, Ben Platt. <laughs> okay, so like uh, starring Ben Platt, um, Gwyneth Paltrow, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's, he's, you know, long story short, he wants to be a politician. Mm-hmm. And they go into his past when he's like a child <laughs> and he was dressed as an, in, an American Indian. And they're saying that's cultural appropriation. <laughs> You're canceled, you know? Um, and so it's like things like that, like, uh, with the Bon Appetit, um, recent thing, um, Adam Rappaport, he was canceled and fired from his job because he dressed in brown face, which like, like in his, not, not, not in his twenties, in his twenties. So it's like that again, it, it really just depends guys, because it's like, again, like you can apologize, um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's tough. It's I would, tough. I think in, in higher learning, they talked about cancel culture. And when instead of being canceled, they should 
call it accountability culture yeah where you should be held accountable mm-hmm. for what you said and yeah. be okay and people should be able to forgive you as long as you make amends for yeah like saying clearly offensive things or wrong things like jk rowling right jk yeah. rowling has had multiple yeah. opportunities that to bitch is crazy say hey like clarify do you really mean that you're yeah against- and honestly if she were to come come out and mm-hmm. say that she's done a deep thorough look into mm-hmm. her soul and and she apologize so i think mm-hmm. there's a again coming with accountability culture there's a right way to apologize and a wrong way like when people say i'm sorry that people were offended yeah, by I'm my sorry. actions <laughs> like no nah, dude like yeah i'm sorry that what i said offended no 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 see, that's worse i'm I, what i said was offensive yeah. Versus what I said. I'm sorry you were offended by yeah, what I yeah, said. Yeah, never have. Don't tell me how yeah. you're, I'm supposed to feel. Tell yeah, me yeah. How so, you felt. A way, how could, how do you think J.K. Rowling could come back? Um, well, oh man. Uh, well, she has a new book that I want to talk about in a future episode with like a cross dresser who's like the antagonist and is like the bad guy. Just go out and apologize for everything you've said in the past. Like that, that's yeah. so simple. Just be like, "Hey, I'm sorry." Like I, I think that that she has to talk about if if she were to ever, which I doubt, she, she would have to talk about what she did to 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 educate herself, how she's gonna to 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 rectify what she's done and said to hurt people, and how she's gonna continue to to better herself. And honestly, she should be like donating money to yes. a bunch of people. And you know what I mean? Mm-hmm what a billion dollars like she and the thing is it's like you know you got to pay up you know like you have to pay up pay it forward like you ha- i don't know i don't know if that's necessarily right because it's like how do you know how are you ever going to really know someone's intentions but i think it again it goes to what are you going to do for the people that you've wronged in right, a right. real way in mm-hmm. a real way not in a just a money way mm-hmm. but like what are you going to do for the people that you've hurt like this is really going deep, but like reparations, you know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Like, uh, yeah. but I think also with, with like JK Rowling and even like Donald Trump and yeah. like these politicians or older people who've like said offensive things at older ages, like yeah. not at like 12 or 11 yeah. or 10, like when you're a kid, you yeah. like when Donald Trump said like, I'll grab him by the pussy. That motherfucker wasn't like yeah. fifteen or sixteen, and he well, talked about he's like someone, that's locker room talk. That that's person's how boys, never. That person has be been boys. canceled like, forever. Do? Like these are things that, as an adult, you say things that you know affect people. Like J.K. Rowling is the leader and the uh, creator of the Harry Potter wizarding world of you know harry potter have we talked about jk rowling we did a little oh, bit okay. when we talked about um polyjuice potion oh and it's like yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, like yeah. bitch you created something that like transforms people into stuff and you can't believe that like yeah it's fine we're almost done um are there we talk about other trans people in harry potter no probably not yeah there's like people who change their appearance yeah, but nothing like oh, you're born a woman and like, no, no. But like you know, it, the you you're a Harry Potter fan. Yeah. You know, the idea that Harry Potter, you know, no one's gonna cancel Harry Potter. No. And you don't. And you don't. You aren't affected by Harry Potter, even though J.K. Rowling is like. Yeah. So I think we talked about that yeah, before. Yeah. I I have fully separated the two, um, but especially because people have spoke out who have played those characters against yes, J.K. Right, right. Rowling. Yeah. But I will not. Uh, invest or put any money or any effort or any of my time to anything that she's done after harry potter even, so you'll still support her work like i'll support, support harry, harry potter. potter even though knowing full well that that still supports jk rowling yeah why I, because amazon because amazon because netflix but that's because but then so that's where it's like if you don't hold her accountable why still support her well like you know that's that, i that's mean the, i don't necessarily feel like it's supporting her by reading a book i already own no but like let's say we went to disney world uh, i'm sorry the harry potter world the wizarding world wizarding world of harry potter and you went to buy like tickets that you know that like so that's always becomes the contentious part where like yeah man i know she hates trans people but man i really love this this but wand. i don't know if <laughs> i don't know if it, it... You know I'm I mean? not the person to explain this uh-huh. because like I, I again I'm not as eloquent as other people who have talked about this uh-huh. but there is a way that it is explained where I feel comfortable with okay you know okay. Um, I think if if uh, another ringer podcast binge mode they they talk heavily because they did a whole ass podcast mm-hmm. 
<clears throat> about Harry Potter. Did they talk you know? about J.K. Rowling? Though? Um, because when they did it, it wasn't her most recent thing allegations. But they they have um they've done a few tweets about like how upset they are and how they separate the two. Um, hmm. Yeah, I mean, do you listen to Chris Brown? Yeah, that dude's gonna dance. So, okay, see what I'm saying? <laughs> no, like, I know. I, that, but it's that's different why, levels. It's different levels. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I agree. But um, like Chris Brown, I mean, God, I hope he made amends for No, he didn't. Women. He didn't. He Babe, yeah. he didn't. He was literally. But is he still beating he women? Was, no, but he was on an interview saying that he, he feels like he's st- still being negatively affected oh, by yikes. what he did. That's yeah, what I'm I, saying. I didn't know that. So, like, it, Ooh, people yikes. love Chris Brown. Usher gave somebody herpes. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, And you're going to go see him next okay, year. Okay, <laughs> bitch. How dare you? How dare you? You're going to have you uh, like a gap, But R. Kelly, you know? Okay, well, that's, that's illegal. Is, you know what I mean? Like, that shit's well, fucking and crazy. Leah, man. Like, you, you, you violated Aaliyah. But America, it, again, right? it really depends. Like, this is, it's a hard thing because it's like, <sighs> you know, Harry Potter. It's hard for you to understand that because you don't have a deep connection with Harry Potter the I way do. that I do. Right, right. But like with like R. Kelly, like I was raised on like I believe I can fly, like Space Jam. I don't like, listen to R. Kelly anymore. But that, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, but I feel like. There, so are you saying you will never watch Space Jam? You'll turn it off when like Michael J- Michael Jordan. I'll about, turn off that song. But when Michael Jordan's about to like complete, you know, like the, the dunk and. He's, okay, that's. <sighs> Like, a, okay, Brandy. You fucking love Brandy, but she killed someone. She didn't kill someone. She didn't see a person and say, I'm going to kill them. She got into a car accident that led to someone's death. Okay, like, that's about, totally different, and you know it, okay? Uh, well, how about like, she didn't say, oh, I'm going <laughs> to kill that guy. You know what I mean? Well, how about, like, Caitlyn Jenner? Everyone hates like have, okay that's actually tough. killed somebody like, I, that's tough because i have i don't care okay. about the i don't yeah, care yeah, about I, them I fucking, fuck the kardashians um it's just that yeah the problem with like cancel culture is you like if you don't like something you just say you're canceled and then that's it well that's can... why i don't agree with cancel culture okay. i i i 100 agree that it should be ca- accountability culture yeah. they should rename it you know I mean, they won't because everyone uses, can- oh, they're canceled. Yeah. I mean, I use it as a joke. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like if some- like a good example is if I tell a bad joke, my friend will say, oh, cancel, <laughs> cancel. her. You know what I mean? Like right. it's, uh, you yeah, know, yeah. it's said in jest. Right, right. I think that when people fuck up, they should be held accountable. All right. So moving forward with cancel culture, where do you want to see that? I want people to be held accountable for their actions. I think they, they re- again, on <laughs> Higher Learning, they talked about Louis, Louis C.K. Mm-hmm. Um, is it Louis C.K.? Louis, Louis, Louis C.K. C.K. Louis C.K. Uh, whatever. Um, because some because Dave Chappelle went to go, to, yeah, was right. in one of his shows or something like that. And what he did, you know, is from what Chappelle says, is like, he just jerked off. In well, see, again, it's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it's what I'm saying. Different. But that's what it's Chappelle different. is arguing, right? Like, yeah. Oh, he just went to jerk off in front of these, like, like, hey, I'm going to jerk off in front of you. And then, like, everyone's like, oh, that's yeah, yeah, I don't, you know, I mean, I don't agree with that. Yeah, you know, right, right. some people will will agree with him and some people, you know, it's, that's a, that's, that's a tough situation, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's, like, new, like, I 100% think that's wrong. But, you know, it, it's, for some people, it's nuanced, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, but some people think that, or... Dave is his friend, you know. Mm-hmm. Right, right. People are. Fr- I'm sure J.K. Rowling has friends and loved ones that will support her even if they disagree. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah. the the fact of the matter is, is that J.K. Rowling, Donald Trump, R. Kelly, Bill Cosby, Bill Cosby. These are human beings, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't wish, you know illness or death on any of these people i just won't be fucking with them you know what right. i mean mm-hmm. I, I mean except harry potter the, the yeah the, the, you know the world of ha- the world, world the wizarding world but i don't know man it's it's nuanced you know I, i'm not an expert in any of this so yeah so it's kirsten's corner yeah it's yeah it's not it's not everybody's corner it's just my kirsten's corner so right. and that was kirsten's corner kirsten's corner a little a somber kirsten's corner Kirsten's Corner because that's Harry Potter you know what I'm saying (laughs) 
It's now time for everyone's favorite segment, Sierra Says. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another Sierra Says. If you listened to our episode last week, which was just a conversation between Giselle and myself about the election, we were just talking about how everything was evolving and our thoughts and viewpoints on the state of politics and the state of so many more things than that in the United States. And one thing that we discussed pretty briefly was that there were a number of transgender candidates for public office who are finding success in this election and who were winning the offices to which they were seeking election. It was truly exciting how many transgender candidates for public office we saw running in this last election. And in fact, there were so many that I can't possibly in this one segment highlight and tell the stories of all of those candidates. So my focus will be upon those state legislative candidates who won seats in their state House of Representatives or state Senate. This unfortunately leaves out a number of individuals who courageously ran for office but did not succeed in their run, as well as other elected officials who are currently holding seats but did not run for re-election. One particular example there is the first transgender state legislator in the United States, Danica Rome, who currently represents a district in Virginia in the state's House of Delegates. She won her first seat in 2017 and was re-elected in 2019 and will be coming up for re-election next year. So I'm sure as we get to that point, we'll be talking more about her campaign and reminding you of ways that you can contribute to her success. Now I'd like to talk about six trans women who won state legislative offices in this last election. I believe I caught all of these examples throughout the United States, but if I missed any, please let us know and my sincere apologies. I'd like to start by highlighting the first non-binary state legislator in the history of the United States. Mari Turner won a seat in Oklahoma's House of Representatives, representing a portion of Oklahoma City. She has a strong track record previously of working as a community organizer within Oklahoma City and beyond. Currently, she is working with the ACLU, and previously she has been involved with the NAACP and other organizations. A core focus of her platform is criminal justice reform, and particularly upon injustices associated with incarceration and its impacts upon people of color. She highlights the fact that Oklahoma's justice system, if we can call it that truly, far and away disadvantages those people of color who are brought into the system for nonviolent drug-related charges. So it's very, very, very exciting to see her bringing that platform to the Oklahoma State House of Representatives, not only because she is the first non-binary state legislator, again, how exciting is that? Yes, girl, but that she is seeking such important and necessary changes in the criminal justice system. Great to see her elected and wishing her nothing but success going forward. Perhaps the highest profile transgender candidate in this last election who ended up winning her seat was Sarah McBride, a 30-year-old trans woman elected to the Delaware State Senate. This makes her the first openly transgender state senator in U.S. history. And assuming we follow the hierarchy of a state senate being a more prestigious body than a state house of representatives, we can say that she is the highest ranking transgender elected official in the history of the United States. So how exciting is that? Now, of course, I could insert a joke here from Oscar Martinez from The Office, who constantly talked down on Angela's state senator boyfriend for being unimportant, but we know that that is absolutely not the case. State senators and state legislators in general do incredibly important work representing the interests of their constituents, and Sarah McBride has clearly earned her role. She represents a portion of the city of Wilmington, bringing to her office significant experience in the past and also significant achievement previously. She has been on the board of directors of Equality Delaware since 2013, and in 2016 was given the distinction of speaking at the Democratic National Convention. As a further testament to her experience and capabilities, she was one of the youngest people awarded Delaware's highest civilian honor by the state's governor, and she actually has closely maintained connections with the Biden family, having worked for then-Attorney General Beau Biden for quite some time. In the last several days, it has been widely circulated that when Sarah McBride came out, President-elect Joe Biden congratulated her for doing so by telling her how proud of her Beau would have been. Now I'd like to talk about Taylor Small, 
who was recently elected as a state representative in Vermont. She comes to this role in elected office, having significant experience as a community organizer as well, advancing LGBTQ interests within her state, having worked with the Vermont Department of Health in her capacity as a leader with the Pride Center of Vermont, where in her role was advocating for the healthcare needs of LGBTQ people. Taylor also engages in activism in a very fun way within her drag persona, Nikki Champagne, for which she attends fundraisers and provides drag queen story hours at local libraries in the interest of advancing youth literacy and engagement with libraries. Stephanie Byers was recently elected to the Kansas House of Representatives. An award-winning educator with a 29-year teaching career in the city of Wichita, Kansas, Stephanie was elected in this last election to the state house, and in addition to her career in education, she is a business owner and spent many years being involved with the regional LGBTQ community, serving in the leadership of Wichita Pride. Stephanie is also a member of the Chickasaw Nation, giving her another first, that of being the first transgender Native American elected to a state legislature. And she has stated, though, in interviews that being transgender is just another part of who she is, alongside her career as an educator and her love of riding motorcycles and being a musician. Brianna Tatone was recently re-elected to serve another term in the Colorado House of Representatives, making this her second term. She represents several suburban communities on the western side of the Denver metropolitan area, and she actually represents a district that is pretty evenly split between voters of the two major parties. Before entering politics, Brianna had a career as a geologist, and even for a time served as a member of her community's volunteer fire department from the age of 16 forward. She came to run for elected office after becoming involved in local Democratic Party politics in 2016, joining the leadership of the Jefferson County Democratic Party shortly thereafter. Given that her district is pretty competitive, it's very exciting to see that she is winning re-election, and she approaches governance from a progressive standpoint, but she is still able to find common ground among her constituents and win re-election in a competitive district. Finally, Lisa Bunker was re-elected to represent the town of Exeter in the New Hampshire House of Representatives. Before starting a career in state politics, she had a career in non-commercial radio broadcasting and is actually a published author of children's and young adult fiction, and she has written several prominent titles that focus upon protagonists who are either transgender and or have to negotiate gender identity or expression at the center of their stories. Her particular issues of focus as a legislator include equity and human rights, fixing the opportunity gap, and environmental sustainability. It is so exciting to see these remarkable trans women winning legislative seats and becoming leaders within state government. It is only a matter of time before trans men and women, non-binary people, people whose gender identity or expression differs from the sex they were assigned at birth, are all throughout the ranks of elected offices in the United States. It takes trailblazers like these women. It takes trailblazers like Danica Rome and others who have sought office but maybe not been successful. And I just can't say enough how exciting it is to see these women winning elected office. So yes to them, yes to democracy, and here's to a bright future ahead for trans representation in political systems in the United States and worldwide. And that's how Sierra sees it. And finally, the miscellany. Yes! And that's it for this week's episode, everyone. Happy to have you listen all the way through where you first heard me talk about Anastasia Bifang and how she's changing the armed forces in Germany and the world. You also heard me answer the question of the month for the month of October with all your awesome responses, and I proposed a new question for the month of November, which is what are you thankful for and why? You also heard Sierra and Sierra Says talk about trans legislators you probably haven't heard of, and finally you heard Kirsten talk about cancel culture in this week's Kirsten's Corner. Thank you everyone again for listening. I hope you can thank a veteran for what they've done as today is Veterans Day. Again, stay tuned for Saturday where I'll have another installment of the Curious Conversations with Giselle and my special guest being Veronica. It is a two-parter and the first part will air this Saturday, November 14th, while the second part will be up the following Saturday, November 21st. 
If you have anything you want to tell me or you have questions or you have feedback, again, I am all ears and excited to hear from you. So please don't hesitate to email me, giselle at crossyaspodcast.com, because you know I'm here for you and I'm a resource if you need. And I hope you guys have an awesome rest of the week. And I thank you for spending time with me, listening to the stories and things I have to say on the podcast, as well as what Sierra and Kirsten have to say. And I hope you realize that I and Sierra and Kirsten wouldn't be here without you, the Cross Yas listener. Because, well, you keep me going and you keep them going. Seriously. Thank you. But that's all. Please know I love you. And, and I'm super happy to have you as a listener. And as always, keep it fresh, stay blessed, and remember, you're gorgeous! Again guys, I'm not here to diagnose or treat anything, I'm just here to share my story. Have others come on the podcast to share their story, to help you learn about the world of cross-dressing, sexuality, and gender a bit more.